Welcome back, everybody. We are off the couch with the site guys. My name is Timothy Meyer, as always, with Dr. Constantine Wukin. Um, and today we're going to be talking about SSRIs. Right, 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 for sure. So just to kind of put that out there, we are not psychiatrists or physicians. So just nope. a disclaimer out there. This is really two guys as clinicians, you know, doing this for a while, seeing what kind of comes up. Obviously, some of the people that we work with are on medication, variety of different medications. Mm -hmm. Some, from our point of view, a bit overprescribed sometimes, underprescribed. So this is, again, just to put that out there, we're not making any claims about from a physician, psychiatrist's point of view, just as a clinical observation about working with people who are on meds. Exactly. Exactly. So um, SSRIs, what are they? Um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which is a weird long name. Um, so because it's a weird long name, we call them antidepressants. Um, and, and they're prescribed often for folks who are feeling down and depressed um, and anxious. Um, so uh, by the way, a lot of people get a little confused when they're dealing with a lot of anxiety and they're prescribed, right. let's say, uh, Zoloft and they Google it and they see it's an antidepressant. They're like, what? Um, it just works that way. <laughs> it, it's just this. It's just off-label stuff. But so let's not just imagine that you are going to a specialist, be it your primary care or a psychiatrist, and they are taking all of what they know about how medication works, and then choose the right medication. So unlike maybe in other uh, fields of medicine where maybe there's only one or two medicine that works for a specific issue, in psychiatry, mm -hmm. really same medication could be prescribed for a variety of different issues. So please don't be alarmed. Let a lot of people take Abilify. So if you Google Abilify, you'll see it's an antipsychotic, but then people who are not on psychotic take it for depression. So just, again, I'm not saying don't go to Dr. Google, but I'm just also saying like some things that Dr. Google writes isn't necessarily how it's clinically practiced. So just to kind of put you guys at maybe ease about that. But we, yeah, our focus is really about making clinical observations about people who are on different types of meds. Yep, exactly, right? So so one one thing that, that I think a lot, I, I think that it can be, well, I'll talk about how I think SSRI sure, should, be, sure. should be used, right? Yeah. Um, I think that it's a good way to, to lower the volume on a symptom, mm -hmm. right? So let's say if someone's feeling extremely down and depressed and they really can't get up out of bed, right? Well, I think that in, in that case, an SSRI would be useful to, to lower the volume on the depression and the depressive symptoms mm -hmm. so that they can get out of bed mm -hmm. to go do the work that they need to do mm -hmm. in order to actually take care of their depression. Sure. So in a nutshell, what would that be? You know, uh, being able to get out, uh, get out of the house. We call that, you know, behavioral activation. Mm -hmm. The more you do, the better you feel. Right, right, that, right. That sort of thing, right? right. So, so if let's say a Zoloft gives you the, the reduction in the symptoms so that you can get out there, so you can do things, so you can push yourself to, oh, I don't know, take a shower, go to the grocery store, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. et cetera. That's what it really should be used for. I, I, I think it should be used for, for most of the time, a short period of time to lower the volume so you can do the work. Mm -hmm. And the work really is what you're doing in therapy and what you're doing outside of therapy right. because of therapy. <laughs> and then with that medicine in your system and the, and the symptom as well, you do your work, you get better, and then we slowly taper off of it. Mm. That to me is really like the gold standard of how uh, psychotherapy and medication can work together right. to help someone. Right, right, right. However, I don't think that that's done very often. If you look <laughs> at how many folks are on SSRIs, right. I think really what it's kind of turned into is, well, because SSRIs are rather easy to get and right. usually very little side effects and usually very little risk, 
they're, they're, they're prescribed very often. Right. A lot of primary care docs will kind of prescribe them right. and then just refill them. So I know lots of people who have been on SSRIs for, for years. Mm -hmm. And then I guess I wonder to myself in, in my head, I'm like, wait, this is supposed to be in your system to reduce the symptoms. So you could do the work and then you get off of them. Right. But you've been on them for 15 years or, right. or 20 years. Right. And, and to me, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Right. I hear you. Well, it's definitely as a clinician who's we're here to help people uh, empower themselves to try to do better for themselves. Of course, it's a, one can see medication is a way out of doing the work, right? Because like if you're feeling better, kind of like then then why why do the work if you could just feel better? That's right. what that's one way to look at it. Right. Well, that's that's I mean I don't know that that's kind of the way seems seems to me. Again, just the, the kind of disclaimer there too. It's not. A lot of people do need it and need to stay on forever because if they're not not on it, they, they might not function at all. So that's that's not really a call for that. But I, I, I like your point. I think it's overprescribed from time to time. I think a lot of people make a habit out of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like kind of taking a vitamin, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that then that's what they are. They're feeling better. They can function in their life. And and in a way, you to me, I could see how that how almost like seductive that looks, right? Because if you could take something and then you feel better and you could function, you know, in, in the way that you'd like, be it that you're more engaged in relationships or be it that you are in a better mood or that you're able to take care of yourself, eat better. I, I could see how that makes a lot of sense, especially in a busy world that we live in like that. To me, I could see how that could be a substitute mm -hmm. for for self-development, be it for therapy or be it other ways that people kind of try to improve themselves. But that's that's where people, to me, to your point, that, that's where people can get stuck. And I think a lot of people get stuck there. And and they do. And and again, just now that we're talking about it, one thing that comes to mind, you know, you and I live and breathe self-development, clinical work, empowerment, improvement, accountability, feeling better, doing better, be right. But you know, I, I notice sometimes even when I work with people in individual work, I, I have to remind myself, this is like 45 minutes to an hour in, mm -hmm. in their week, right? Like, so because I think and breathe it all the time, you know, that's just not what people do. Like, yeah, in my mind, I don't understand how people don't prioritize like self-development or mental health above everything else because I chose this profession and that's yeah. what I do personally. And that's what, I, cause I just don't understand what could be more important. Mm -hmm. But again, probably if you talk to like a, a physician or if you talk to a finance guy, I'd be like, are you insane? Of course money is more important. Well, of course physical health is more important. Like, so I could totally get that. Uh, it's just sometimes um, takes a little bit of adjustment as a clinician when you, <laughs> you know, you myself work with people that just pop a pill, they're feeling better and, and they're good. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I agree. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and we have to recognize our own bias because right. I'm all about like, Hey, like work on yourself. Right, Just right. like, I, I know how to do this. We can work right. together right. and do it. Right. Um, so a lot of people aren't exactly in that headspace, which is, right. which is okay. Um, but you know, I, I don't think that many people, you know, when they're first prescribed that Zoloft or right. Lexapro or whatever it is, I don't think that they're given that spiel that, that, that we're talking about here no. on how, you know, perhaps this lowers the volume right. so you can do the thing right. and that you could do the work and so you can actually get better, better. Right. Right. Um, I don't think that anyone is told that. I don't, I don't think I, I think it may be gaining momentum now because I think mental health uh, is sexy now. 
Yeah. So I think, but you're right. I think traditionally, absolutely. I think from a physician's point of view, when I have a couple of physician friends, they have very limited training on mental health or psychiatry, mm-hmm. right? just in general. Forget about psychotherapy, right? So for them, from what I understand, at least more traditionally, they see it as it's a diagnosable disorder with medical cause, mm-hmm. with medical solution, right? Mm-hmm. It just, l- l- to me, it like flows off the tongue so well, right? It's a medical condition with medical solutions, with medical medicine that needs to fix the issue. So it, it's not about a blame thing. It's just about that's how people see it. Yep. That's how people see uh, physicians. Are a lot of them, not all of them. Again, we're not like trying to say everybody's the same. Right, right, not, right, <laughs> right. Oh, Disclaimers. I, I, I could totally see somebody say, oh, these people, they're not MDs talking about MD issues. No, I'm not saying anything. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying <laughs> that, you know, I think a lot of newer physicians, younger physicians are, are more open to saying, and, I, and that's why I think a lot of physicians like evidence-based treatments, right? Mm-hmm. Evidence-based because it's been shown in research it's it, it's limited amount of sessions right like so I, it, it sounds well because everything in medicine is about does it work does it work does it work show me that it works here's the medicine that shows to work right it, and they i think they see psychotherapy in a, in a similar similar way nowadays nowadays yeah. nowadays right? Right, right, right um yeah and so you know my my main message and my listen i i have this conversation with with mm-hmm. patients all the time you know um about their meds and what they're doing with them and all that sort of stuff Really, you know, I, I'm hoping that that anyone listening to this, um, I'm hoping that, that this might change a little bit the way that they're seeing their medication right. and their mental struggles, their feelings, et cetera, et cetera, because um, they probably this probably wasn't explained to them. I, I agree. the The one thing that comes on on my end, though, as much as I agree with you that some of them are being easily prescribed, yep. uh, and some people just take it and that's it there's also a section of the population that falls on the opposite spectrum mm-hmm. where it would have been great if they would have taken something so they could just function better or even have the strength to be able to engage in psychotherapy and they just focus too much on maybe the stigma around it, maybe they focus too much on side effects. Again, Dr. Google told them that it's terrible. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think there's a section of population, it would be great if they could see it more like uh, I'm taking this for a short period of time so that I can get the energy, so that I can get the willingness, the motivation, the ability to start looking in the mirror and to try to be able to, to help oneself. Because sometimes the jump from not doing well to taking accountability and doing the work is just too great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it's just is right uh sometimes i i know the, the i really like the analogy like you have to take advil for back if you want to do physical therapy otherwise physical therapy is unreachable like to me sometimes it's it's that sometimes it's it's like you have a you have a you have a tumor or cancer you need chemo mm-hmm. like you're not just gonna do you know you're not gonna just work yourself out of chemo right? like no. a, a cancer right you need chemo you need like to get on medicine to get yourself to a place where then the, the cancer is gone then you could do like self-improvement physical eat right all sorts of different things right but you sometimes you just you need it to get to a place and the unfortunately i'm not really seeing the balance of what i think we're trying to put out there to people is that take it when you need it and then also work on yourself it sounds like the, the the segment of population you're talking about just use it as a as a vitamin and they're feeling well and they're not doing the work and that's just that's just the way it is mm-hmm. and, and the the section of population that i'm talking about is really kind of the opposite they're too reticent they're too unsure they're too uh just have a lot of obstacles to get the to get the help that they really need so to to me 
if we can get your people <laughs> to take more accountability and do more work, and we can take the, the types of people I'm talking about to really engage with their providers mm -hmm. to be able to talk and to really understand how it could be beneficial, that would be, to me, then, then, then we're really doing good work. And, and we're getting closer to the vision that you described earlier. Exactly, right? So, so, so it's both ends of the spectrums there. It's the, it's, you know, the person who went to their PCP 10 years ago and said that they right. were feeling down and they've gotten Zoloft every day ever since. Right. And then there's the other group of the population where we meet with them and we're like, oh my gosh, like if you were only on right. maybe like a small dose right. or something that might give you a little right. bit so we can do this and that, right? And so just moving people right. like more towards the, that middle, exactly like what, what you said. And it comes down to, uh, I'm gonna keep, mm -hmm. gonna keep going back to it because right. I really like it. It's there to turn down the volume right. so you can do the work. Right. And when that happens, that works really, really, really well. And, and that can change lives big time. Agreed, agreed. Uh, and for the, for the other population, a lot of the times focusing too much on the negative side effects that Dr. Rugel told them, mm -hmm. which oftentimes isn't really true anyway. Uh, but there are sometimes side effects for sure. Um, but the point that uh, a psychiatrist friend told me once, her point was that, well, that may be true, but what that patient or that client is missing is the fact that you are not in that moment living to your potential. Mm -hmm. So the difference between how you should be and where you are is the side effect. Right. Is the side effect of depression, is the side effect of anxiety, is the side effect of mania or whatever else the case may be. Right? And people don't see it that way. They see this is me and I don't know, I may feel better, but look at all the negative side effects. Mm -hmm. But from my, my colleague and my friend, her position is, but if you're here, but your potential is here, then you being here, all of this is the side effect of you not doing well. Yep, yep. It's, it's, it's basically like the side effects of not taking it. The side effects of not taking it. So you're, you're single because you're depressed, but if you take it, you will be, feel better about yourself, so you're more likely to engage with people. Your full potential is to be the best version of yourself in a relationship and be happy. Just a very basic, simple example. And I, I, I would imagine, I, I don't remember the last time I met somebody who thought that way. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, so to me, the, for especially the population that I'm talking about to get people into the medication realm and world, try to see that the medication is there for you to get to the optimal place or at least get you closer to the optimal place so that you could do the work because a lot of people do the work and they do a lot of work and it's oftentimes so impressive the, the the length that they go to do the work they do individual work they do spiritual work they do groups they do support groups they do cognitive behavior they just do so many things pretty actually very impressive it's just that sometimes you just need a little bit more help mm -hmm. exactly you just need a little bit more help to get to a place that, that you want to be yeah well said so guys, uh, so that, that's sort of, that's our takeaway. There's extremes, right? We wanna get you closer or suggest a path to get closer to where you take the medication when needed, you try to see it as a way to get you to a place where you could do some of the self-reflection, the, the work you need to do, and, the, and then reevaluate, right? Like we're not saying mm -hmm. get off medicine, get on medicine, just try to think critically about where you want to be and use any tool necessary to get yourself. I guess that's really my point. My point is envision how you'd like to be and then look at what you have, what resources you have at your disposal. Obviously from two guys that are clinicians, the thing that we can suggest is therapy and medicine, right? Mm. But like see it as resources to get to a point where you wanna be. 
don't limit yourself in a way like, oh, I only got to do it this way. I only got to do it that way. Engage that other part of yourself to see what resources you have to get to where you want to be. Perfectly said. All right. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye guys.